We're live. All right, everyone, welcome to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Oh my God, uh, get that energy. I mean, <laughs> I'm used to Rob, oh my Sorry. God. This is my way, Zach. All right, uh, let's, let's, so let's continue. Everything we say here is not financial advice, <laughs> so always do your own research or get wrecked as usual. Um, shout out to everybody watching live. Hit those likes, hit the like button or subscribe if you like our content and want to see more of it. Um, so Zach, it's been 38 days. It's going to be 38 <laughs> days from now when voice launches. What do you um, think of that? I, I don't know, man. I think we had, I think we had to go back to that intro. I think, I think people are used to this energy. I, I I'm like, I'm trying to learn here. This is like, uh, <laughs> everyone watching, we haven't done a show in a, uh, almost a week now. We did last Wednesday's episode with Rob. That was Rob's last episode for the foreseeable future. He didn't guarantee us anything for a future episode. Adriana, uh, the new CEO of Cypherglass, uh, her and I begged him to do a voice episode when voice launches. We will see if that happens. Uh, but tonight or today, depending on where you're at, I'm here with James Mart. What's up? <laughs> uh, this is your second time on the show. You, you've been a bit of a like an EOS IO celebrity lately. So you were on EOS radio recently. Uh, we had you on some dappiness stuff a while ago. And then you put out a, a pretty interesting article about thinking bigger about EOS and EOS IO that we'll get into in a little bit here. Um, Indeed. But I, I, I guess we could jump into our little script here, huh? So 38 days until voice launches. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the other big date. So we all know about voice. We're all looking forward to the voice. But uh, when researching this episode, I was like, man, block one. They, when did they say they were going to vote? Because like we all kind of made a joke about it. Like whenever they had that governance article, it's been 55 days since the blog article came out where block one said that they're going to uh, begin voting for EOS public blockchain upgrades. Yeah, um, it's, it's been a while, but in their defense, uh, they have been talking about voting. So it's not like they're, they're doing nothing. So we, it actually almost seems like from what they've said, they're not going to just directly vote, which is what I think a lot of people thought when they originally said something about it. Uh, but they are talking a lot about the possibility for like a proxy or having some uh, some sort of system that we can use and potentially contribute to or participate in, which will allocate the vote weight of all of the block one tokens. So we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But um, yeah, so as, as Zach is sharing on the screen right now, Brendan said uh, EOS is simple. Token holders continually vote for producers and the majority wins. Um, those that like the outcome are happy and those that don't do one of two things. A, build a proxy to compete or B, bitch <laughs> uh, they complain that us is centralized and broken because they don't agree with the outcome so brandon said that they're focused on a which is good news and uh what a proxy to compete though what do you think that means like man. does what's a block one proxy because I, I think someone commented i don't have i don't have the the whole tweet uh pulled up right now i just have it on this little slide so i don't have the context but i do remember someone who's like why don't you do like a uh, voice like use voice ID and do like one person, one vote, which I, right. I've seen people talk about before. And he said no to that. He said like, that's not like what they have in mind for like the immediate future. So I forget what his answer was. Yeah. But I, I, if it's not that, what could it be? They, they haven't released many details about it. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. All we, all we can say is that they're planning some sort of solution for uh, 
becoming involved in, in the elections that happen on EOS, it involves a proxy. Uh, Brendan said something at one point where like, we haven't fully utilized the, the proxy system. I, again, I don't, I don't have the tweet up in front of me, but I recall him saying something, I think it was on Twitter. He mentioned like, we're not yet fully utilizing the proxy system. So I think there's something uh, that they have up their sleeve here that we're, we're not catching on to, but it's gonna be, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just wanna hear more details about Do it. Do you expect them to vote before the voice launch? Uh, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I expect that they will come out with some system, uh, in 2020. And that's I, all I would I'll, be willing I'll make, to say. I'll make this voice prediction. Uh, so, someone in the chat said, dude, they're messing things up by letting time pass because the, the, the tweet we just pulled up was from December 28th. Yeah. I, I probably should have pulled that up, uh, with, with Adrian and Rob, but, uh, we, we missed it last week. So we're, we're going to get it today. Uh, the transition here was basically that EOS Nation did exactly what Brendan Bloomer says here, uh, where, where you create a proxy, you can complain. So like there's a lot of Western BPs that have fallen out of the very far out of the top 21. Some of them out of even paid positions. We see a lot of splintering of the main net. We see a lot of complaining about the main net. And yes, there's issues. But one of the most beautiful things about DPoS is that it's continuously uh, it's flexible, can continuously being upgraded. The the EOS we have today is not the EOS we'll have tomorrow. It's not the EOS we'll have in a year. It's definitely not the EOS we'll have in 10 years. So I think this kind of ties in. I, I think we should just skip topics, man. I think I think this leads right into your topic of thinking bigger about EOS. Well, I I hang on. Before we get there, we should talk more about EOS Nation because they they like do, do you have the the uh the telegram chats that you can bring up for people. Cause I mean, Eve said some, he dropped some really, really interesting. Uh, about the, about his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll go in our order. So I apologize. James and I don't have the same moving and grooving that, that Rob and I did. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get this though. We will get this. Like oh, heck if yes. you go back and listen to episode one of everything EOS and it's not even on this channel. It's on the Layer One podcast channel. So everyone who's been watching the Layer One podcast, shout out to those guys. They've been doing an awesome job. But that is actually the original home of everything EOS. That's where episode one lives because that is the old ICO is alert that, channel. Okay, yeah, ICO alert. I was going to say that's where I, I think first heard you guys, the ICO alert channel. Uh, but anyway, let, let, let's, let's, let's get out of uh, this uh, yeah. So, topic here. We don't want to talk about voting. We want to talk about the proxy and then we want to bring up the WPS. So I mentioned it last week, uh, just as an idea that EOS nation has recently brought up an old idea. Uh, EOS nation brought up the idea of a WPS, uh, coming to the EOS mainnet. And I haven't seen anyone else talking about it. And I'll, I'll share my screen here as part of the conversation that came up in the everything EOS telegram channel at t.me front slash everything underscore EOS. If you want to join the conversation, that's where it's at. Uh, but that's where this chat came from. You want to walk through it? Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, Kenny was joking about it. I uh, asking Saeed Jaffrey from uh, EOS Cafe Block to build a WPS real quick. Um, but Eves chimed in and said basically they have a team working on a WPS. Um, so uh, it's for the EOS mainnet and. Um, skip to the next the next slide so he he gave us some really interesting details we don't know too much about it but he's basically saying um 
we used what we learned by designing, building, and running the boss, like running boss, a boss node, which is a, a separate sidechain on EOSIO in a live environment with real funds for eight months. And then we adapted. It doesn't use inflation to fund the WPS, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And it accumulated, it's going to use the accumulated names and RAM fee uh, funds. So the, so Zach, you want to explain what that means? Well, let me jump to the top because uh, we do have listeners on iTunes. So I just want to kind of walk through what happened. So uh, Eos Raider was in the channel. And he asked with voice ID, he asked Saeed Jaffrey to, to basically build a WPS. And then Eve jumped in and laughed his ass off, he said, and said he already built it. And he brought up that he's been working on it since the Eos community conference uh, in, in uh, where, where was it? In Rio, Brazil? Yeah, uh, the ES community conference. There's there's a video online of uh, the the um, what do you even call it? Breakout groups. I think they did at, yeah, at yeah. the conference. They they walked through this idea. And EOS Nation built a WPS before they built the Bose WPS, as James said. So this isn't even their first time building it. Uh, it's just an idea, um, and I think they're going to be publishing it soon. And what what's interesting about it is that they're working with Attic Lab to basically have the code ready before they propose it. Like, it, like we've talked about a WPS till we tore blue in the face. We talked about it a lot more last year, but it's an idea that kind of went by the wayside. I, mostly I think because block one, isn't that what happened? Didn't block one put their foot down and they're like, no. We, yeah, we well they, yeah, they, that anymore. they recommended that, that we don't use the WPS because we can't really, uh, like whales are going to use it for their own benefit or something, or that was the big fear in the EOS community was that mm -hmm. we didn't have a good enough system yet for delegating where those funds go to. Um, and so. th that, that is a fear though. So absolutely. Uh, it says, let me pull the, pull the, uh, uh the screen share back up and I'll, I'll read Eve's quote here. He says, there are significant differences with WPS 1.0 that was presented a while back. Everything is on chain, all smart contracts, all transparent, no voted in committee, stake weight voting integration, no referendum style, et cetera, et cetera. And the pilot isn't asking for a million EOS, nowhere even close. So I, I don't know what amount of funding they're going to ask for with this. But we do know the funding source that they have in mind. And as James mentioned, it's the, the accumulated EOSIO RAM fees and or the EOSIO.names uh, fees. Now, what this means is um, we have uh, these two uh, pools of funds that are being targeted into the RECs currently. So, so the RECs is an accumulation of the rental fees from the rental markets if you want to rent EOS you're basically paying your rental fees into the RECs and it gets distributed to all RECs stakers. Uh, everyone who purchases a, a, a name, like a name suffix, like EOS name service has, like .hodl or whatever, every, every, they have one daily auction where everyone bids against each other for that and the, the bids of that auction go into the RECs. And then the third thing is there's a half a percent, I believe, I think it's a half a percent trading fee on all RAM trades. You always, the, the buyer and the seller both take a half a percent fee on every trade. And all of that's directed into Rex, but the Rex uh, wasn't even available until last May. Uh, so until May, like all of these funds were just accumulating in uh, these two accounts: EOSIO.names and EOSIO. Uh, what's the other one? Rex fee, Ram, I think. Ram, or Ram, Ram fee. Ram my fee. Um, and they have an accumulation of. Do you have the thing in front of you that says how many tokens are in there? 
Uh, no, I don't. Uh, but they, yeah. So all the fees were going towards these account, or we're going towards these accounts, and now they're going towards Rex. So we have a big pool of money in these accounts. Yeah. So every ever since Rex turned on the faucet, so to speak, and started uh, funneling these funds into Rex, uh, these two accounts have stopped accumulating funds. They they weren't created from interest, uh, not interest, inflation. They, they have nothing to do with inflation. So it's not like we're adding to the 1% inflation that the BPs are already taking. This isn't even the uh, this EOSIO savings fund hmm. where the 4% of inflation goes. These are funds that either came out of trading fees or were won for like name auctions. So it's not adding inflation to the system, which I'm, I'm really happy to see. And he's, he straight up called out that he it's not even gonna be close to a million EOS. So if it's not a million EOS, let's say it's a half a million EOS, which... What's EOS even worth today? Like 250, 260, yeah. something? It's a significant chunk of change to, to work with. I, I was going to say it's not in the big picture. It's oh, like not a, a tiny percentage of the market cap, teeny, teeny, tiny percentage of the daily trade volume. Yeah. It works out to, even at a half million EOS, it would work out to what? Like less than $2 million for an so, entire year. Yeah. So it's it's significant for getting projects to to work. And maybe we use it for auditing smart contracts and the types of services that that we need to pay developers to do and pay people to do. Um, and right now there's no WPS. There's no worker proposal system that we can use to fund these projects. So I, I think it's a great initiative. And there's the funds there that we can use. And like Zach said, in the grand scheme of things, it's actually not that much money. So it's fairly low risk. Um, but it's significant for all the, all the teams that need money. So mm -hmm. I uh, am looking forward to hearing more details about that. Uh, so I'll, I'll, share, I'll share two links in the chat. Hold on, let me pop up my screen again. So there's these two videos, and I know most people in the community haven't watched it because there's only 22 views on the one, and then there's 41 views on the other. Like, mm -hmm. Eve basically walks through what this WPS is going to look like. Uh, and this is all from the EOS community conference. A lot of people might even have been at the community conference and been part of this. But I, I think there is some variations to the idea from what was discussed at the community conference. But I'll, I'll share these two links in the live chat now, and then I'll, I'll share them in the description after uh, we get off of here. But I highly recommend people watch those to get an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, and I would love to have more conversation about this. Uh, as a matter of fact, I will announce uh, two of my guests that I'll be having on the show later this week. Uh, I'll be having Eve from EOS Nation and, and Benny Hakak uh, from Liquid Apps. So we'll be talking about many different subjects, interoperability, uh, what's next for EOS, what's next for DAP Network, and also this WPS. Uh, what Eve's been able to do with the rankings on ES Nation, on the mainnet, the other chains they're running on, uh, all kinds of stuff. So that'll be coming out probably on Friday. Uh, I don't think it'll be live, so expect that on Friday. Uh, but for today, we have some more stuff to cover. Uh, I think the next topic on our list here is, is you, big boy. All right. Uh, you put, let, me, let me get this up on the screen here. So, Jay, oh, actually, the next on the list is the Rex update. I put on the thumbnail that we have to talk about the Rex. <laughs> okay. So, yes, we haven't done a show in a while. I apologize. I have been a little bit sick, and it was also the, the holidays, you know, uh, and I did have I, I spent a lot of time uh, with my wife and family, enjoyed the time off. We did not do a show over the weekend. Uh, so we, we missed the Rex update. The Rex is updated. It is live. 
uh, everyone probably knows about this already, but the big updates are uh, there's 12 hour uh, buckets to the wreck. So there, there's no like windfall of funds uh, hit it, uh, hitting wreck stakers whenever um, the, the but, contracts become due, which mostly happens on two big days of the month at this point. So it's helped smooth out that. And then the other difference is the buffer uh, went from 20% down to 10%. And the Rex is unlocked right now. We're at about 79% uh, capacity. And mm. it doesn't really look like it's going to lock up again. Uh, now that That's I got great. that out of the way, let's talk about you, James. I'm going to pull up your article. So you're a famous author. So first you were published on the Dappiness blog. And then EOS Raider syndicated you. And that's the site I'll be sharing the screen from. So shout out to the EOS Raider for republishing uh, James' article here. But why don't, why don't you give an overview of what this article talks about? And then uh, I'll, I'll scroll through it as you go. Then we'll discuss. Okay, sure. So uh, yeah, the, so my disclaimer before I talk about this is like the, pers the perspective that this article describes is... Uh, an idea that some people have, they think it's a viable model for some future of EOSIO, how it's gonna work. And I happen to be one of those people. So I didn't make this up um, and uh, that's my disclaimer. So so the point, the point of the article is uh, to broaden your perspective about what the future for EOSIO is. It has implications for the EOS mainnet, but it's in particular just about the EOSIO software. So. For those who don't know, uh, EOSIO is the software that's used to launch EOS. EOS was the first public blockchain launched with the EOSIO software that Block One made, uh, and they continue to build. Um, but uh, EOSIO is actually just software that is used for launching applications, uh, like period, not not dApps, not decentralized applications, which is one type of application, but just applications. So the article goes into more detail about it, but if you think about uh, the architecture of a modern application, you, ha you have to have like a database and you have some business logic which updates the database and you have like a front end. And that's a simplified understanding of what an application is. And either today or in the, near future, uh, we can expect that EOSIO can be used to manage all three components of applications. Um, and we know that not only from like Dan's original vision and the videos he put out back in like 2017 about uh, what he thought the future of EOS was, but we also know that from the more recently released uh, strategic vision that Block One has gifted us with. So. Uh, if you look at that, you can get a picture of where this is all heading, and you can see that EOSIO hopefully is going to be used as the tooling that developers, app developers will use to launch just applications, all of them. Uh, so what does let that me, mean? Let me know where uh, you want me to be in the article too, man. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling around here. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I mean... I, I'm like, I, I'm just gonna summarize the article. You can leave it on like the picture of the model view controller so people have more of an idea in case I use those terms. Um, where the model is the database, the view is the front end, the controller is the business logic or like in EOSIO, it's the smart contracts that update the state. Um, so uh, EOSIO, uh, hopefully one day, an, an app developer goes to build an application and instead of 
of going for a MySQL database and they have their Node.js, which which runs on the server somewhere to update their MySQL database. Instead of, uh, and all that, um, they might grab EOSIO uh, as their solution, their software package, which actually manages all the components that they need for their application. And the reason they're gonna do that is because EOSIO is going to be faster than a traditional database and more seamlessly integrate with the public blockchain or any EOSIO public blockchain. So if they want things like uh, the, the, if they wanna post like small hashes onto the mainnet for an immutable public ledger so that their application is more auditable so they can give security benefits to their customers. Or if they wanna utilize the EOS or some public blockchains account system they can do that, or the permission system, which is super flexible and amazing in EOSIO. Um, or if they just need like a financial settlement or token settlement layer, all of these things, these are the services. These are, that's the value of the public blockchain. And if you're creating your app and you want a fast blockchain, or a, sorry, a fast database, which can easily integrate with all of these decentralized services that actually just add value to your own product as a business, you very well may reach into your toolkit and pull out EOSIO instead of the traditional application development tech stack. So that's, that's the vision that the article presents. You can read the article to get some more details. It doesn't go into crazy detail. It's, a, it's still supposed to be just a high level article for people to understand one possible future. But does that make sense, Zach? That's, that's the perspective I want to present. So you think you're, this is totally going to disrupt, and I know disrupt such an overused word, but like the MVC framework, like architecture, like you think MVC, like over, over a long enough time frame, will kind of be an old way of developing software. Potentially. M MVC, model view controller, is, is what Zach's referring to. That's not going to go anywhere. That, I mean, that's, that's ways that that's what developers use or application developers use to talk about the various components of an application. So that's gonna stay the same, but what's gonna change is how they manage the model and the view and the controller. And today you can already manage uh, largely the model and the controller uh, with EOSIO. You can't really manage the view so well because there's not large file storage. We, you need like the DAP network to do something like that because uh, but, but we know from like in the article, you see, I posted a screenshot of the strategic vision where they're talking about, uh, file storage becoming a, a native piece of EOSIO blockchains. And so when you have that, you can all of a sudden also have views. Um, I think it's the, yeah, the, the pink one, explore creating decentralized file systems to enable applications to host files accessible by any web browser. Um, so that a goal that block one has um, of creating that decentralized file system is what will enable something like the view to be managed also by an instance of ESAO. So, so in summary, MVC not going anywhere, but the tooling used to create your app, which manages M model V view and C controller could very well be EOSIO instead of traditional tech stack. So what makes you an expert, James? What, 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 what is your day job? Let's just remind everyone. What, and what have you been building on EOSIO lately? Uh, yeah, so I, I, am, I have five years of experience about in the semiconductor industry. So I wrote C++ for, uh, for 
for semiconductor assembly machines, which are like giant machines that are bigger than I am that assemble computer chips, basically, or integrated circuits. And uh, uh, so that's my background. Um, but I've also done some work in the app development space. So I've built uh, mobile apps. And right now I'm, I'm working on a couple things in the EOS space, some smart contracts and some libraries to help developers. Um, so that's the perspective I'm coming at EOS with. I'm looking at like the future of what app development will look like, um, actually just for my own purposes, because I'm going to want to use uh, the EOSIO tooling to launch my own applications. So that's the perspective I come from. And that's, uh, yeah, so that's why I see it going in this direction. How, how's your, what, what do you call your library? Your sex library? My sext library, yeah. Sext. It's not in its it's not in its full like glory yet. It's in version zero. That stands for contract extensions for the people who have asked me. I realized in the last episode I didn't even mention what it stands for, but it's contract extensions, uh, abbreviated sext, and it's a uh, also a joke because it's the STD of smart contract development, which is a <laughs> C plus plus joke. When people use the standard library in C plus plus, it's STD. Anyways. Um, yeah, so that's that's the background there. But does that? What do you think about that perspective, Zach? Like, does that make sense to you? It, I, I think it's not. It's under talked about. It's it's people don't talk about it or think about it that much. And I think it's not what we all originally thought when we were thinking about. No, I, I think the biggest difficulty is going to be like, how do you take a traditional software developer and make it like better and easier? And like, I know all the good features, like making it more secure, made it more transparent, more audible. Like we understand those, but if you just tell a developer, those are like all the perks, they're gonna be like, I, my stuff's secure enough. Like it's good enough. Like it has to be so much better than what they were using before for them to actually make that change. And, and I think it's going to be a very difficult uh, thing to do. But I, I think with, with teams like block one, teams like liquid apps having that same goal and i know there's other teams out there all with the same goal of like breaking down the barriers and layers of friction to, to actually start developing on on this with better tools right and, and better documentation especially as well yeah uh, i think documentation is going to be one of the biggest uh drivers of this i think without what are you reading something no, well, I was laughing a little bit. I have to give a shout out to Justin Buck as like the one uh, viewer who understood my C++ joke. So what's up, Justin? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the live chat up, uh, or at least not in front of me at the moment. But yeah, I, th I think documentation is going to be super important. I think everyone knows that. I think Block One's doing a, a great job with their documentation. I've heard rumors that they're doing like, uh, uh, like more like, uh, I don't want to say community driven, but some sort of upgrade to their portal. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's supposed to get better in some way. I have no other details that I, I could explain without messing it up. Yeah, I, I think I don't think it's going to be a transition that happens overnight. And also, this is a transition that may not happen at all. It may not happen with ESIO. This, but I think that Web 3.0, whatever that magical word means to you, I think that's the direction we're heading. I think we're heading to a place where applications seamlessly talk to blockchains. And, and so here's a question that I can already hear speculators <laughs> screaming or crying. And that's like, how does that model that I just described drive value back to the EOS token? And yeah, uh, tell me. Yeah. So first of all, I, I, 
So I won't, here's what I have to say to those people. I'll say that uh, the EOS public blockchain is valuable. It has value because of the services that it provides and the, the ease with which app developers can get stuff like uh, better security and an account system and permissions management and financial settlement and maybe in the future subscriptions and all the other services that can be that can be reused on a public blockchain. Um, and that's what makes it valuable. Now, how that value translates back to the price of the EOS token, we uh, I will not speculate on, and that's for you speculator to research. You have to look at what all of those services are that I just mentioned and the ones I didn't mention and say, like, look into them. Do, do they require EOS tokens to use? And if they do, how much? And, and who is buying them? Is it the DAP developer? Is it the end user? And is this something that is just the state of EOS today? Or is it some fundamental property that's never going to change? And you do your own research on those things and you can come to some opinion about whether you think that the value of the EOS token is going to increase or decrease, but that's on you. And like, yeah, welcome to the land of speculation where you're investing in things you don't understand. <laughs> if It's not the appropriate question to ask because what the, the, what block one is focused on is not pumping the EOS price. It's they're focused on creating solutions that people need to build apps that have better security and have a, a, a better model for people to interact with digital applications. That's my uh, axe that I have now ground. <laughs> so I think we got to remind everyone, don't, we're, we're not uh, financial advisors. Uh, don't get yourself wrecked. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually explicitly not financial advice. I, I'm, I'm very trying to very explicitly say, do your own research if you care about speculation, but the, the blockchain has value. And that's actually not speculation because I just know as an app developer that I find value in the things that the EOS blockchain provides. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely not financial advice. Uh, let me, I'm trying to find this article. Volatile. All right. Uh, I was going to talk about this later on, but let me start. Uh, uh, I, 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 I can't, find the right line but did you uh check out the knock the new nakamoto website oh, over the weekend that launched yeah i i did see someone had posted that on twitter and i got a look at one of the articles about the, like the future of bitcoin or something what um, yeah miles snyder shared it uh, yes, the other day it, yeah dude that article was written by the guy who launched the site so this guy here uh, i'm not even balaji i always mess up his name uh He's, he's the former CTO of uh, Coinbase. Uh, most people probably remember him from B1 June. Hold on, let me let me pull up a picture of him. You guys, you guys might remember him here from uh, B1 June. This guy right here, the guy with his hands in his pockets. Uh, he was kind of a meme if you're at B1 June, but he's actually one of the smartest uh, people in the space. He's a great thought leader. I highly recommend following him on Twitter. Uh, but he launched this this new. Uh, site over on friday to kick off the new year and all of the contributors so far it's like a who's who in crypto it's like the most legendary like list of authors i've ever seen like if you go to uh so let's just look at the most recent articles brian armstrong uh balaji sernvazen i always mess up <laughs> balaji uh but we we're talking about volatility and this is such a good article about how like 
Bitcoin, it's like, it, it kind of like compares to the startups, like with a startup, how you have like that huge, like failure rate, uh, with, with a startup, like you have a chance of losing everything and how, uh, with Bitcoin, you have like cycles, like basically every time the market crashes, it's like, it could be like a new startup. Like you have like new blood coming in and, and like, it's almost like a, a new market. I, I'm, I'm messing this up so bad. I didn't plan to talk about this uh, <laughs> specific article here, but volatile. Uh, startups are volatile. Many startups will fail. Bankruptcies are common. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to mess this up, man. I, I shouldn't have even brought this up. Uh, but I did want to point out uh, the one reason I did want to bring up this site is because one, I, I am looking forward to all of these contributors. Let me pull it back up. Uh, there's two contributors that you'll probably recognize on here. I'm, oops, that's on the wrong page. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to break down the walls of maximalism here. Mm. They're, 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 it's like, it's a trusted site because right now there's a, a lot of noise out there. And what this site's trying to do is kind of create, uh, separate the signal from noise and, and just be high signal content. So all of the thought leaders in the space, like the authors of this blog are all of the people that you see uh, across your screen here. At, mm. at the top, we got like the founder, we got Vitalik. And then the second row, we got uh, Zuki from Zcash. And then Brian Armstrong, then we have Brendan Bloomer here, who's at really high up here. Like, I don't know if the order means anything. They're not in alphabetic order. I don't know how the order was set on the authors, but we got Brendan Bloomer up there higher than the Winklevoss twins. And then Brendan uh, Ike, Winklevoss twins. Yeah, yeah, there seems like, a, I actually didn't see this page. So this is pretty sweet. I, I had no idea that they had all these authors contributing to Co-founder of Bancor and co-founder of Liquid Apps, Galia Bernardzi. Oh, Dan Larmer. Yep. And for, for these people to be on the website, they basically all had to make a commitment that they're going to contribute content to this blog at some point, like in the future. So <laughs> these are all your authors here. So this is basically going to be, uh, I, I got to keep scrolling through this. I feel like I'm scrolling through a conference page. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like a who's who in crypto. And I just highly recommend this. It's nakamoto.com. So I'm not even really going to talk about it too much more. I just wanted to plug it because I think it, it's amazing. Every single article that has been published has been thought provoking and amazing. And the other funny part was that uh, whenever it first launched, they had a public telegram channel with like Vitalik in it. All these like the Winklevoss twins, like all of these like who's who in crypto uh, were in this telegram channel. And it was just like the most amazing conversation ever. And then like the first thousand people joined and it turned into a big troll fest and they had to keep banning people. And then they had to turn the channel into read only. Uh, but it was so interesting uh, for those first couple of days and you could read through the history. Vitalik joined the room and was like, hey guys, I'm not used to being in a room full of haters. And then the response was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's Vitalik. I don't even know what to say. You're just so cool. I can't believe this. <laughs> it was just hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get back on track here. We only have a couple more things to cover. It's been a slow news week. I mean, with the holidays, I guess we can't expect a bunch of stuff to happen. Uh, some of the big news today, though, if I could pull it up, we had Links Chain launch. Have you mm. uh, registered your Links Chain uh, account yet? Uh, I have not. Have you? I, I did. I didn't do anything on it. I, I don't think you could actually do much with, with the Links Chain. I'll pull up the graphic here and scroll through it for Freddy Boy. Uh, but I, I registered my name a while ago. You're able to reserve your name. You're, you're allowed to get uh, three free accounts with each phone number. 
they have some sort of referral program. I think the only way to earn links tokens right now is to uh, refer people. And they also have a few games uh, going. I think they have two games. I don't have any information up on the screen. Uh, but I have Zach. Zach is my name on links. If anyone wants to talk, I think so it's Zach. Like, just Zach. Yeah. Nice. I, so that's why I wanted to register. I, I registered on links was because I wanted to get my name. Because right. like every chain, like I, I want every chain to succeed. Like whether yeah. I agree or disagree with people and how they're doing things, like. Fred's a smart guy. He, he's got great experience. I hope he onboards some good applications. I'm excited for Chirp, which is uh, Kurt Brigette from Dmail. His app, it's like a, a almost like a Twitter-like app. Pre, like we'll see what it does after voice launches, or maybe it could even tap into the same database if voice happens to be a protocol, like some of us expect it to possibly be. Um, but I'm excited to see that. So best of luck to Fred and the team at Link's Chain. Everyone thinks we just hate those guys. I, I want them to succeed. Yeah, I hope, absolutely. I hope people sign up and I hope James signs up and gets James if no one else beats him to it. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'll just say like, I, I think that Link's Chain and other chains like Link's Chain, there's definitely space for chains like that in my in in my model for how, or in not my model, in the model that I presented uh, for how I think the future of EOSIO will look. I mean, to think that all of the business logic for an application and the, all of everything is going to be on the public EOS blockchain and like serverless, right? Like the, the, an immor a completely immortal DAP uh, to use Tal's language and, and the entire thing is running on the blockchain, right? That That's like, that's possible, but that's pretty silly of, of a model for every single app to be using because you have 21 different data centers basically processing the exact same application, which might actually be viable and useful for some things and very small services that other apps can use. But for big applications, that's actually not what you want. And you would it's likely going to be significantly more expensive than a single data center like AWS or something. So we're going to need federated chains or things like links chain or something to host the controller code or, or, or whatever for some applications. There's just definitely going to be like a free market of blockchains uh, that people can use to publish parts of their application. And I expect IBC, like <clears throat> inter-blockchain communication between these private chains or federated chains and public blockchains. And I think that's going to be led by the free market as the force of natural selection, which chooses the IBC bridges, which are most efficient. Interoperability is the vision of the DAP network. Uh, there you for go. 2020. Uh, that's exactly what we're trying to do at Liquid Apps with, with the code we push out uh, with Liquid Link, Liquid X. Uh, it, it's to make the future multi-chain. Like all of these chains have a purpose. Like imagine uh, offloading CPU like from your app onto a chain like links or onto a chain like Talos, but your main app is running on the main net or your main app's running on wax, but you offload to these like different cheaper resource chains. And then you're still leaving like all of that state history on, on that other chain. So it's all like replayable and retraceable and uh, auditable. Uh, or you could maybe do things with like child chains and just spin them up for each thread. And then I don't want to get into too much of this DAP network talk because we have Benny uh, and, and Eve coming on later this week. And that's exactly uh, what we're going to be focusing on is the interoperability and the, the, the 
like the multi-chain vision and beyond. Right. Because I, I think whether, whether you're, you're on like team liquid apps or not, uh, everyone's working towards this interoperability. We saw earlier this week, I think it was this week, one chain was that who connected yep. to EOS recently. Yep. So we have all of these different projects building these bridges, Kyber network, building a bridge to EOS, like interoperability is going to be the theme of blockchains moving forward. Like there, there can't be maximalism. Like everyone's fighting over the same damn users. Like this pie is so small. Yep. It, like in the big picture, there's like 50 million people in the entire world that know anything about a blockchain that it's ever touched a blockchain. Like, why are we fighting over those same 50 million users saying like my chain's better than yours? Like yeah. we should be fighting together for these ideas. Like, why are we using these chains in the first place? Like stop being the maximalist. Let's, let's grow the entire pie. And then you could have your same portion slice of pie and it's going to be much more valuable. It's going to be much like better and like, yeah, it's just, we're thinking too small here. Everyone I'm is. a fan of decentralization. I think, I think everyone is in this space. I think IBC is clearly the future and liquid apps is on the forefront, uh, blazing the trails here for us, which we, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what I'm looking, looking forward to, uh, some of these sister chains connecting with liquid X. I hope, mm. hopefully, hopefully we'll see one here soon. Uh, it'll be really cool uh, to, to see it uh, functional on other chains. Like what liquid X does is basically it allows all DSP services to run natively on, on other EOS IO chains. So uh, one of them, uh, not one of them, there, there should be a couple. I, I hope there's going to be a couple, not, nothing's like no permission needs to be granted by any of these chains. Like these contracts will be deployable by, by anyone in the community. Uh, but we, we should have one pretty soon, which would be cool. Um, and talking about future episodes, we're going to have William Quigley from Wax on in about a week or two. Ooh. So that'll be cool. They have some news they want to share also. Nice. Speaking of uh, some of that news, uh, what other news happened? We, we, we're kind of running up on time. We had Platin. Platin made a return. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see that? So, so Platin was a, a company that was working on proof of location for people who don't remember. Um, I think they were actually invested in by the EOSVC team. Isn't that right, Zach? Uh, uh, they, they had like a grant. So like we always knew okay. about this EOSVC, like the way it used to be like equity based. Uh, but they had some sort of grant program before, but like it wasn't like publicized much. And I think I... I might be wrong here, but I think they only got like maybe a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. It was like some small amount of money that, that Platin got, but. Okay. Yeah. I, I just remember B1 at least wrote about them. They, they were a big deal. People were excited about Platin. And then I, for me, it was out of the blue that like this article got posted and Platin was like gone. They were, sh they were shutting down and, well, uh, it took me by surprise. Yeah. Because they're, they're like fully featured at the EOS, uh, San Francisco hackathon. Like they had these tablets out and they're like demoing the, the technology, the proof of location uh, technology. Do you want to explain without like even knowing the nuts and bolts what's under the hood with Platin? You want to explain like what proof of location like theoretically is? Yeah, I don't love the name proof of location, <laughs> but but basically like I think at the hackathon, the, the use case, like the thing that they were doing was, if correct me if I'm wrong, but they were like airdropping tokens to people based on whether they had entered the hackathon, right? Something mm -hmm. like that. So the idea of proof of location is just putting the location of entities on the blockchain. So you can use the, the Platin technology to um, know where people are or prove that somebody entered a certain location, which you can imagine things like geofences, like, um, 
like an airdrop where uh, it, you're only getting tokens airdropped to you if it's physically raining in your location. I'm just making this up, but like you could just you, imagine you need an oracle like to that. do that. Um, yeah, I, I know where I know where you can get a good oracle. If oh anyone, yeah, where, if anyone watching needs Zach? oracles, hit me up. Uh, we have <laughs> we have amazing oracle services on the DAP network. I'd be more than happy to introduce you to them. Nice. <laughs> I'll just keep plugging that away. Yeah. Uh, let, let me give a shout out too. So with, with Platin. So it's proof of location. So it's like verified cryptographic proof of your location because right now all of the location that is basically owned by who? Google. Whoever uh, owns the Yahoo, satellites. Whoever owns the satellites and the maps. Uh, yeah, Platin had some crazy way of like detecting location too, like some sort of like way to mine. Like yeah, I, I yeah, think I don't understand. I actually it. don't know exactly how they did it, but I know location in particular is a challenging problem because even GPS data from satellites can be spoofed pretty easily. And so getting a, a some sort of reputation or a um, location solution that you can trust would uh, open up a whole new class of applications that that would be valuable. I'm just going to pull it up. Shout out to Hernan Arbor uh, from EOS Israel. Uh, he, this is where we got the news from. There's no other news. Like if you go to the the Platin Twitter page, they haven't they haven't Silent. made a, a tweet since what? June since they 10th, quit October Damn. in October twenty eighth. Yeah, so we don't know what's going to come of Platin. I hope Platin like Hernan. I know that you know the Liquid Apps team. You're both in Israel. I think Platin would be an amazing service on the DAP network and be available for any application on any blockchain. I think that could be an amazing service. Yep. And I agree with that, even though I'm not on the Liquid Apps team. So I'm not just shilling. I think Platin <laughs> should be a DSP, truly, so that other apps can can plug into that solution using the same mechanism that they're used to with the other services on blockchain. I forgot. They even, they even had the red carpet rolled out for them at B1 June. Like, look at this. Like, Platin yeah. had their own, like, little section set up. So, like, you're right. Like, this is a complete surprise whenever they yeah. kind of said peace. It was a funding issue too, I believe, wasn't it? They said like their funding just... Uh, I actually don't remember, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, do you think they could have possibly become maybe competitors to Block One? Like Block One has some sort of proof of location or proof of co-location? Uh, wow. As I part, as part no of idea. voice ID. Do you have some reason to think that location is on Block One's horizon? Yeah, if you uh, if you go through the the block one patent, the digital identity patent, yeah, it does mention how all data is passed through this like uncorruptible piece of software in the secure enclave, and it includes like GPS data, for example. Oh, fascinating! Yeah, yeah. I I have no idea. I would imagine. Uh, well, no, I don't want to speculate on it. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't either. And yeah. just because Block One's doing something doesn't mean like it's not a viable business outside of Block One. For sure. Like if that that's like vendor lock-in right there. Like that's the opposite of decentralization. So I just want to throw that out there. It's just because they're doing something doesn't mean uh, everyone else uh, should stop what they're doing. Um, Absolutely. What else? All right. we're, we're almost. What do you up think, on Zach? Hour. I don't know, man. I think I, I think we should uh, we should eat some popcorn. What do you think? All right. Last time you're on here, we finished it off with some Mia's popcorn. I think <laughs> uh, we got about 10 minutes till we hit our one hour mark. That's like our hard stop. People don't like watching beyond an hour. Let me pull it up. Uh, shout out to Sean from the EOS Raider and the EOS Raider team in general. Thanks again for publishing uh, James' article. I'll actually pull up their whole site here. And for those who don't know, EOS Popcorn is 
what do you even call this? Like the, the water cooler talk of EOS? Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, EOS donation to the bushfires. Let's give this a shout out. So we oh, know yeah. the bushfires are going on in Australia. I'm, I'm, I don't even, I saw this sh link shared today. But everyone knows about the wildfires. But if you go to eosraider.io, uh, they'll explain how you can make donations in your cryptocurrency of choice to donate to the Australian bushfires. Uh, I actually, so uh, yeah, I, I just want to mention, I, I don't have the picture up, unfortunately, in front of me, but Peter Kay showed me a picture of the bushfires in Australia overlaid on top of like the a map of the United States, just so that people in the US can get a sense of scale, how big are these bushfires? It is insane. It is like two thirds of the United States covered in fire. It's, it's absolutely outrageous. So uh, I think that if you can, if you can, uh, the, the bushfires funds that are uh, online, you can donate to right now are really a good use of funds that high impact. It is scary. Uh, charity. Like the scale of these fires, man, that is scary. Yeah. It, it's, really it's unbelievable. I think uh, Raider is from Australia. I know he's from Australia. I'm mm. not sure if he's living there currently. I think he is. Uh, but yeah, let's go through the popcorn. Let's close out the show. We, we don't right. have to go through all of them. Did you have any favorites? Oh, geez. No, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have anything ready. There's some, there's some good ones though. Oh, this one. Uh, you want to, you want to read this one? So I'm not being biased. Yeah, this is hilarious. Uh, Tal Muscal, who we have no need to introduce on this show said liquid storage is an alpha. We would be happy to merge the improvements to the IPFS layer of the DStore service you mentioned and even provide a DStore IPFS based DAP service to be used across sister chains. Can you point me to the code making the IPFS layer faster slash more secure? And Douglas Horn said the improvements that DStore brings are far beyond simple IPFS. The architecture is greatly improved. We're demonstrating these to our beta partners. It's proprietary research gained over the past year. You should do your own research to understand the problems in the service you're proposing. So, <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about interoperability and like working yeah. together. And it seemed like that's what Tao was basically trying to do. Like, DStore yeah. literally be a service on the DAP network. It could still have its own token in the background, do whatever the hell it's already doing, and just be available to every other blockchain in the world. Yeah, apparently and, it's like, proprietary and Tal needs to DYOR. So that was hilarious. Yeah, I'm excited for DStore. Honest to God, like yeah. I think DStore is going to be a great tool. Like it's 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 a client facing product. It seems like it. Uh, liquid storage is like a building block to build uh, an application on top of. But it, it seems like DStore has uh, it'll have like a front end and a way for like users to engage with it. So I'm excited for DStore. Like I don't have any problem with DStore, but yep. the maximalism shit needs to like <laughs> take calm down a little bit. Like work together. Like. Features multi-chain interoperable. I'm telling you guys. Uh, <laughs> let's let's continue. Uh, when BJ busted, what's this one? Oh, this this one is uh, this one's pretty explicit, but it's hilarious. You just <laughs> will that one on the screen and apologize to our iTunes listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Will Wilfro is going crazy again on his market cap one Twitter, and then Stella yep. jumped in and said, "Why don't you use your personal Twitter?" And then he uh. <laughs> very directly man we gotta read it we gotta read uh this gotta is so hard it. to do we gotta get better at this james we're gonna end every episode with a popcorn and eos watchdogs just says can't we all just get a bong let's just get along everyone 
And then Bonds Manifest will get you set up. Bonds Manifest is the best glass blower in the world. Absolutely. Also, in he's EOS, also the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> he, he also used to look, look like Chewbacca when he used to have dreads. I've seen of his <laughs> in the olden days. Great guy. I shout out to Prospectors. I'll give Bonds the, the credit for this. Bonds is an amazing uh, front-facing uh, figure for EOSIO with with the Project Prospectors, which is on wax. Uh, I think they have pretty much the most users of any uh, game right now. Yeah, Prospectors is huge. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll skip making fun of Cardano. We've done that way too many times. Ah, yeah. Basically, I'll this guy posted about Cardano, and I, I have to mention this. I forgot about the article. And then Saeed Jaffrey's basically, Jaffrey just jumped in and like corrected him on something. And then the guy blocked him as if Saeed doesn't know what he's doing. And he's just some noob and, and has no, he's like clueless. Well, no, somebody actually said that. Somebody said like people like that don't even know their own projects, let alone Cardano, as though, uh, as though <laughs> Saeed doesn't know EOS, <laughs> which is hilarious. I, I apologize for the people listening on iTunes. This is probably going to come out so bad, uh, but you could definitely check this out on YouTube. Uh, let's, let's hit up like a couple more. We got to, we got to close this out soon. Uh, All right. What do we have? I have it on tech. We don't, let's keep it in EOS. I don't want to bash Taylor's, but this one's hilarious. <laughs> this is, again. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave the comic up. I think everyone's seen this before. I'm not even going to read about it. Uh, it's, it's Rude, rude Mudcrab. Mudcrab. For the people listening, it's Rude Mudcrab making fun of the rebranding of the Telos logo, which is basically a, a blue circle. Uh, so he, it's just, it's a funny comic, I guess. Rude Mudcrab made it. This is like the episode of Old News. What do you think of the new branding? Uh, you know what? I will say it's had everybody talking about it. Yes. Congrats. So I, <laughs> I think it's done its job. I, uh, it is what it is. It, it, it's loud and yep. it's got everyone talking about it. Yeah. So we wouldn't be talking job, about bro. it on this great show job. if it, if it were, uh, <laughs> if it weren't a blue ball. <laughs> Any attention's good attention. I think uh, great job. Oh, th this is funny. So the person who did the uh, the rebranding <laughs> of the Talos <laughs> branding. I like this the commentary of, uh, of EOS writer. Seems a bit personal. P Patricia Parkinson. Uh, she's like, blah, 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 Ashwara, blah, blah, blah. And that, then she's like, disclosure, we used to date. <laughs> yeah. So it was Ashwara and Patricia Parkinson getting in a little uh, tiff on Twitter and then comes out they were dating in the past man this is so hard to talk through this i know popcorn. it's it only works for people watching so uh that's old news old news making fun of fred uh we don't need to make fun of fred more i don't think <laughs> hopefully there's no more links or taylor's jokes either let's keep going uh let's see some guy like defending wax blah blah why is rude is this like the rude mud crab show sean you got to get some new characters here, man. Rude Bud Crab is in every damn slide. Uh, <laughs> the Thomas Cox. Hey, this wasn't in, uh, it, this isn't like uh, shitting on anyone, but Vitalik just mentioned that he had signed up for a voice. Um, if you scroll down one, uh, one more. Yeah, right here. So Vitalik we, said that he has created a beta account for on voice.com, which is kind yep. of cool. We, 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 we talked about that last week, James. Did you not watch? Did oh, you I not didn't watch? watch. I never watched anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's super bullish. Let's, let's close it out. Rami, 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 let's, Rami needs a hug everyone. I, Robbie, like if you need to talk, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but let, let's see dot kruger blah 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 all right, that's it. Yeah, that's let's, it. let's get out of here. Out. Let's close out. But leave the EO, the every the uh, EOS popcorn article will be in the, uh, Wait, let, the let's, description. Let, let's do a throwback to Persian Zuck. I, okay. I love the team at Everpedia, but this old Instagram post of the Gucci bags will never oh, yeah. be old. Uh, let's close it out, man. This is hard to do. I, I don't know if we'll be able to keep up the tradition of popcorn. It just doesn't work in conversation as well as it does just reading it. Everyone needs to go check it out. EOSRater.io. Yep. Highly recommend you follow those guys. Great content all the time, especially the weekly EOS popcorn articles. Um, so I think that's where we say until next time. You got anything that we haven't discussed? I don't think so. I think we're good. All right. So even though we're going to change the intro up as we move forward, when you're hosting or anyone else is hosting, they don't have to do the Rob intro. All right. But we will keep the way we've always closed. Not always, but since we've been closing the show for like the last eight, 10 months or so. Sounds good. How do we do it? All right. So uh, until next time, am I right? Until next time, I'm James Mart. And I'm Zach Gaw. And this is, is everything, everything EOS. EOS. Go, Go EOS. EOS. <laughs> Hit the thumbs up. Uh, if you're on the live stream, leave a comment anyway. If you're watching the archive, leave a comment also. Five-star review on iTunes. See you guys later this week with Eve from EOS Nation and Benny from Liquid Apps. We'll see you guys in a couple of days.